and welcome back to OT Talk with Mr. T, the show where we talk how to live occupationally with using fine motor and functional life skills. We're on our last week here of Season 3, then we're going to be taking our summer hiatus, God willing, coming back in early September, so we'll have a few more, just four more, God willing, OT Talks for Season 3, and then we'll bid you adieu for a short term during our hiatus. But of course, you're always welcome to listen to all previous seasons. And God willing, we'll be back before you know it. Today, tonight, let's talk some quick tips for written expression for students with deficits in working memory. Working memory is used when a student needs to think and remember at the same time. For written expression, a student has to brainstorm ideas, organize thoughts, plan, construct sentences, remember correct grammar, and review the writing format all while remembering what words need to be written on the paper. Therefore... Written expression can be difficult for students with working memory deficits. Some students may omit words, repeat words, miss errors, or forget what was said to be written. There are some tips for written expression for students with wording and working memory deficits. Number one is to reduce the overall cognitive load by focusing only on the writing assignment with no distractions. So many times there's so many fillers. You think about different questions, word problems, math problems, writing problems, writing questions. It's so wordy. There's so many different distractions, so many phrases that might throw a person off. But try to find the key words, the important words, the key phrases. Highlight them and underline them to focus on how to get through the assignment and answer the questions. Number two, keep workspace well organized, but more distracted. When we're overloaded, when there's too much stuff in our area, it's too difficult to focus, it's too difficult to pay attention. I I think of my own work area, especially in our attic and our work desk, and it was just very overloaded. Recently, there was a lot of stuff all over, and I I sat down and I tried to organize things in a better way. When you have an organized workspace, you have a well-defined workspace, you have a, a clean area to work at, and it's free of clutter and free of tremendous and erroneous details, erroneous ideas, erroneous objects and items, it makes it much easier to focus and much easier to pay attention. So when you want to make sure to focus, make sure the area around you is well organized. And in the classroom, in the home, we want to limit the sensory distractions, especially visual distractions. People think a hundred things on the wall that are very bright and colorful are good, but a lot of times that can be distracting very visually sensory distracting for the student to focus and try to pay attention and try to do the assignments. So make all work areas nice and well organized. Also make the writing assignment requirements shorter. Instead of writing four to five sentences per paragraph, three to four paragraphs, how about we cut it down? What about two to three sentences and just one to two paragraphs? Or just a few sentences in one paragraph, depending on the writing assignment, depending on how much you really need. Especially if working with kids that are little, kindergarten, first grade, second grade, we can't expect so many paragraphs anyway. Let's keep it towards that one or one to two paragraphs, especially when they have difficulty focusing and difficulty paying attention and difficulty following suit. So that's why we want to keep the requirements shorter. Also, repeat the sentence orally a few times before starting to write the sentence. Repeat the sentence orally a few times before starting to write the sentence. I wanted to repeat that because it's important to understand what we're writing and what we're understanding to writing. Sometimes we have to say it a few times. A lot of times when we're doing different games and tasks and we involve a writing component, I have to include it and I have to repeat myself many, many, many times so the kids get what we want them to write. 
so the kids understand what we want them to write in classroom and class assignments. Especially when there's remote working, we need to repeat it to understand what they should write in the sentence. Also, number five, complete a first draft where grammar and spelling can be connected and corrected. A lot of times, I've told you guys that a couple of weeks ago, when there's all these writing assignments in the different grades, they have this writing book. It's like a writing workshop. They have different drafts. They have the first very, very rough draft, and then there's a, r- a less rough draft and a less rough draft, and then there's the final salute. There's the final solving of what you're supposed to write. The final completion of whatever the work is. So they they do a couple of drafts and get out all the errors, get out all the mistakes, and the kids work with the teacher and the classroom staff to get through the mistakes in order to know what to write, in order to fine-tune their writing. So it's good to have different rough drafts before writing the actual sentence. So we want to complete that first draft, especially when we can work on spelling and grammar. Also use abbreviations or symbols in the first draft. A lot of times I'm taking notes, especially in college, especially in grad school, a lot of times I would do it by hand. I really like to do it by hand, but very difficult to catch everything they're saying, very difficult to focus on what's important. So using abbreviations, using acronyms, using symbols, very good to catch words, to catch different things to write down, catch information to jot down. And when you're writing in the first draft, it could be very quick, it could be very haphazard. So use those abbreviations, use those different phrases in order to get all the information in without writing everything ad nauseum and and doing it in a specific time frame to try to get everything there. So that's with the abbreviations or the symbols. Also provide overall feedback on the first draft and the student can revise before handing in the final copy. After writing that first draft in the different classrooms in our school this year, they would work on it and work on it and revise it and then fix it and edit it and try to make it even more better so that the final draft can be as best possible. So that way you have to go through it and the teacher would go through it and point out what the different mistakes were so they could revise it before doing the next copy. Also, number eight, teach the children to create an outline or use a graphic organizer before starting to write. Even before doing that first draft, a lot of the classes are very good at using these graphic organizers, letting the kid organize their thoughts, organize where to put things, how to put things. Some of them look like thinking bubbles. bubbles. Some of them have clouds attached to a main cloud in order to organize the thinking to put it in different areas to put in different spots so they could focus on what to write down and then once you have the organizer you can write down the thoughts in the first draft also teach this the student to do this not just to use it in the classroom not just to to give it to them without explaining but they need to be taught to use it shown how to use it and practice on the organizer before starting to use it for an assignment because kids may not have seen this before and now need to learn how to use it number nine when revising, check for only one error at a time. That's step one. So we don't want to overload them with cognitive load. We want to focus only on one assignment with no distractions. So focus on one error at a time. Talking about that reducing the cognitive load. Also check the document for spelling. And then step two is start over and check document for punctuation. And step three would be to start over and check the document for legibility. So do one thing at a time for spelling and grammar and then so on and so forth. Focusing on one thing at a time so they don't get overloaded and they can be able to fix things one at a time, step by step by step. And lastly, if working memory deficits are significant, the student may need a scribe to help with the writer's short-term memory shortage and storage. 
might be difficult for them to write too much. It might be too hard for them to write. So they might need a scribe. I actually was a scribe for a couple of kids this year during testing. And it was too much for the kids to write. But they would tell me what to write. And then I would write it for them as their scribe. As long as they tell me. Just some different ideas to work on working memory. Join us next time as we wind down the last few shows here on Season 3. Hopefully talking about virtual camp and virtual ideas. What to do in these long summer weeks, these long summer months. Especially that a lot of us are not doing day camp, not doing sleepaway camp. How can we keep the kids entertained? How can we keep them focused? How can we keep them energized, happy, and busy? Excuse me. And to have fun as much as possible here in our crazy times. Especially in their home, especially in the backyard especially in the building of the house. What can we do for them? How can we provide them with different ideas and tools for the summer? So join us next time here on OT Talk with Mr. T. And I'm your host, Mr. T.